Welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don. And my name is... Hello. Scott. <laughs> I was m and ming Well, I just sit there like every time I was like, I feel like I need to say something more, but it's not like I can change my name. No, you can. I guess I can. Um, you get a cool nickname. Well, it's, so at work, when we have like IEP meetings and stuff like that, everyone else's name, like, so your name is like populated on there by the, by the district. Mm. So everyone else's name is, is by their first and last name. And they've got my full first, middle and last on there. It's like, wow, but my middle name is horrible. Like, why would I even? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have sign language to his yeah. name. I didn't want to, you know, we've already doxed <laughs> him enough with his full name. I didn't want to, you know, I was like, why would like, no, <laughs> but yeah. So my coworkers are always like, so what's your middle name? Oh, yep, there it is. Yeah. It's like, Rrr. so I actually like my middle name and sometimes wish it was my first name. Really? Yeah. We gave my daughter my middle name. It's her middle name. Oh, wait. Uh, that was the wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you can tell me afterwards. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I did know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I like, I, I, so my first name is the same as my dad's first name was. Okay. So that led to some problems for a long time. Like, you know, I'd get his mail or he'd get mine or, you know, um, one time he was, uh, disputing a hospital bill mm-hmm. and it was on my credit report. Oh, wow. So that's it. That stinks. Yeah. So uh, we actually talked a couple years ago, uh, before he passed, actually, that we were going to see about getting my name legally changed to my middle name. Mm-hmm. So it'd be my middle name, then Don Dudley. And then, you know, I would just continue to go by my first name, Don. It'd be, that's how we had, we were going to do it. Okay. We, it's kind of expensive and it takes a long time for the results to go through. Okay. And then you have to change everything and then you still have to put your aliases on everything. So we weren't sure how effective it would really be. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I I was like, well, what if you change your name completely? Like, let's say I went with the name, like, Joe or something. Like, but I still have to, like, fill everything out with, like, prior known names. Like, So then that, what's the, pr- that's just more paperwork. Right. Okay. And so, like, if I'm doing, like, a background check, like, for coaching baseball, which yeah, I yeah. just told him I would do, um, if I was doing, like, a background check for something like that, I would still have to, like, put my current name and then my prior names. Okay. So it's like, you're, you're kind of stuck with that name anyway. So it just didn't seem worth the hassle to, and I'm sorry, I don't think I could call you by a different name. No, I I would, I would have stuck with my, I like, I would have just swapped it so that like the records wouldn't flip out. Okay. Um, cause I haven't haven't had a lot of issues in a while, but there was a time when it was just like nuts. Okay. So, cause like in in all honesty, like I sometimes I sometimes slip up as much as you and your wife have been married. I still every once in a while call her by her old last name. Oh, well, because for like at least you know where I'm like you know Sarah's like oh so who is like oh yeah I mean you have known her longer as my last name I know <laughs> but I knew her as the other one but Jamie's the same way you know like oh my realtor former no, realtor Jamie K yeah yeah my uh-huh. former long yeah. time ago twenty year ago yeah or whatever. And I still like... Yeah, well, that last name is more of a mouthful, that's to be true. honest. Her married yeah, last name true. is a lot more... But it's hard. I just... I struggle where, like, once you get in your mind a name, it's like, okay. Well, you and your sister-in-law, for the your wife and your sister-in-law for the longest time, that was kind of a funny... 
Because for some reason, sometimes I still had to clarify Sarah mm-hmm. and her husband, David. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to sometimes still clarify that that wasn't your wife, whose mm-hmm. last name hasn't been that for... Right. Who knows how, so I don't know why that took so long to... Well, because f- their first, middle, and last name are now exactly the same. Or her former last name. Right, her former last right. name. I don't know. What's your wife's middle name? Well, you don't have to say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it I don't know. I don't know. You're spelled right. the same way and everything. Really? Uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah. So Sarah's like, I've been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Yes, but in a very odd way. <laughs> that would be... Okay. I didn't think about that. <clears throat> that would be so odd to marry somebody with your sister's exact name. Exact name. I did not even think about that. Uh-huh. First, middle, and now last name. Huh. I mean, she obviously Sarah's had my last name for what, 16, 17, almost 17 years? You better figure years. this out. <laughs> oh, almost 17 years. It'll be our 16th anniversary, um, so it'll be your 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I said 16, 17 is because we're what, about halfway through 16, almost on to 17 in November. You are. Yeah, I am. No, you're not halfway through yet. No. April or May, right? April, May. Okay. Yeah. The counting. Two, 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 we're halfway yeah. through our 15th year. Because ours is A little is bit over, right? Yeah. Because yeah. ours is August. Because so. it's like almost a month. I mean, really close to your birthdays. Yeah. Mine's exactly a month from my birthday. Okay. So it was kind of easy to remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah and then she's got a birthday in march too. she has a birthday tomorrow oh okay so yeah. really really soon yes oh yeah because yeah. this is the day after my brothers okay yeah, I didn't know. and the day before my brothers so i have a, a saint patrick's day kid and then i have my wife like a week later okay so or a week and a day later yeah, because I remember, uh, yeah, because she was right after my brothers and right before my brothers. So I have a brother on the 22nd and on the 24th. Nice. So, so she feels that. Yeah, she does. Middle guy. Like, oh. We have our, my oldest and my <clears throat> fourth born mm-hmm. are a day apart. <laughs> okay. The 26th oh. and 27th. And then my sister-in-law is the 28th of January. Wow. So yeah, that's a busy week. So did you just go on vacation every year at the same time? <laughs> uh, Actually, I, I really guess. don't want to know. How. <laughs> um, no comment, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I kind of don't want one, actually. Wait. Nope, that wasn't it. I was like, wait, our anniversary. That's not even close. No. <laughs> what month would that be? March? That's too much thinking. No, it would be April. Spring was in the air. I got nothing. I guess so, yeah. No, because that'd be, it had to be May. April. 10 May, months. June, July, right? May to August, March. September, October, November, December, January. Oh, yeah, you're right. May. Yeah, May. Heck, was so great about May. Mm-hmm. Spring was in the air. Spring break. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> or so, I don't know. All right. <clears throat> anyway, so. Well, now that you got our way too much. That was a our, very interesting. Uh, yeah, that's an odd one. <laughs> and, and I'm not really even sure how to translate that to, to Ezekiel. Uh, yeah, I'm at a loss. Yeah, I got nothing. That doesn't happen very often. But hey, people have our uh, whole family histories. Yeah, absolutely. Now. I'm sorry. Our weird wives' names and mm-hmm. our birthdays and all that kind of stuff. You know, I always think like, because sometimes now that it's warmer, we've been going for a, a walk before we podcast, just so it doesn't get dark and... You know, yeah. You know, we don't get shot and things like that, and so, um, so it, it's kind of one of those where, like, 
I'm sitting there going, are we going to have anything to banter about? But for some odd reason, we always find something to... You doubt my powers? <laughs> we still find something. One of these days, we'll just get right into it. And people are like, I fast forwarded the first 10 minutes. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> can we do that? We should try. We should try just for like... I can just start cutting it out. I control the editing. That's true. Which, by the way, I did not post one on time because I have to organize the whole library because I have not been naming these and oh, I have to no. listen to find out what verses we covered. Okay. So, but I'll start that soon. I figured it gives him a break between Joel and Ezekiel. So. Sarah was so Don texted me the other day about where, where did we leave off? And oh, I was yeah. like, I actually didn't read the text fully multiple times. Um, and so I said, 10 and 11. And he's like, where, where we, was that where we left off or where we start? And I was like, chapter nine. And then I was like, oh, he said that he didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, I kept trying to text and like the X was right next to the C. So it kept X-H. coming XH. <laughs> and then he was like, I love a great phone, you know, a great text fumble. And then um, I sent him some pictures of some fumbling, you know, football players. And then when they got kicked in the. Yeah. What? What that, that looked like a Madden character because they both like went down at the same time. Right, right. I don't know. Okay. I just thought it was funny. That's why I put that in there. And then you sent me back one that had another nut shot. And then, um, <laughs> that was and the then, soccer play. Did I send you the soccer player? Oh, the soccer okay, player. Yeah. And then Sarah's like, "What are you and Don texting?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this." And she's like, "Okay." And I was like, "What girls don't send those?" <laughs> I send goofy gifts to like I all my too. friends. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's- if I could it's talk in communication 101. If, if I could talk in ju- just gifs, I would. You did not just say gifs. That's what I've been told it is. I uh, think this podcast is over. I think <laughs> actually they even made an announcement that it is gif as in jiffy. I would like to point out that the G in gif stands for graphic. The not person, graphic. The person that came he was up troll- with it. He was trolling people. He's trolling people. I'm just, I'm just saying that. That's what he uh, said. All right, let's get on to Ezekiel okay. before, before I, <laughs> I dump coals on the whole city. All right. Uh, the, the, the nice transition. <laughs> I like it. Um, Notice I didn't pronounce coals with like a C or an S sound. I wasn't like the souls. All the anyway. guy that made that. Hot coals <laughs> on the city. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So with that... Yeah, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, Ezekiel. Chapter 10. All right, so should I read how much of it? So in all, on a, I don't have a ton on it. So uh, I, how about I read one through eight? Sure. <clears throat> Gif. Jeff. Then, so Ezekiel 10, one through eight. Yeah. Then I, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> then, <laughs> Okay. I think okay. we're gonna have a lot of unsubscribers right, now, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Nessie, <laughs> now I can read it. <laughs> do I need to pause? <laughs> you might. All right, I got I got this. No, I really do. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember to edit this either. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lost. I'm gone. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Chapter 10. 
<laughs> told you as soon as you turn it back on. We've been paused it. Guys, we've been laughing for like the last minute without All right. recording. For real, for real. All right. All right. No, I can't. No, I got this. Then. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to read. Ezekiel 10. Then I looked, and behold, on the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, there appeared above them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try this again. Then I looked, and behold, on the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, there appeared something, appeared above them something like a sapphire, in appearance like a throne. And he said to a man clothed in linen, "Go in among the whirling wheels underneath the cherubim, fill your hands with burning coals." from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city. Let's start there. All right. Burning coals, divine judgment. Yes. All right. I think that's pretty much what (laughs) I got. So we see the sapphire uh, throne, um, very similar to what we see in Ezekiel 1. Um, We're going to find out that Ezekiel 10 is going to have a um, lot of is really going to bring us back to the vision that he saw in Ezekiel one, but we're going to have some new details. It's going to kind of fill in some gaps that we didn't necessarily have before. Hmm. Um, but really chapter 10 is going to be very similar just with, um, some extra filler information that we didn't know previously. Yeah. Now we're about to come into verse three and that's actually, uh, there's something in the Hebrew called a, I don't even want to try and pronounce it. Um, that says that this is basically like uh, three through five or like a parenthetical <clears throat> statement. Mm-hmm. So, but not that that's important, just kind of neat. So if um, you want to pick up with the rest of two, because I didn't finish okay. it. Well, also like in two, um, the clothed linen man gets new instructions. Um, so he was originally, as we remember from chapter nine, he was a scribe. So... The other you, what, th- so you I didn't find oh, did you, anything inclusive. So it's the same guy, I'm guessing. That's what it I guess that the makes commentators sense. The it, that yeah. I had said. So disappointment, my I, I don't think they added any new um seraphim or, or angels of destruction or whatever, but the he just gets new instructions and now he kind of gets the opportunity to head out. Um <clears throat> He said, go in among the whirling wheels underneath the cherubim, uh, fill your hands with burning coals from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city. Um, The clothed Mm. linen figure was one of the destruction figures that we saw in chapter nine. He's no longer a scribe. Um, The fire in chapter one was part of the cherubim picture. Um, And then basically, oh, that's the, oh, you did read that part. And he scatters them over the city. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that just happened. Um, So we have the destruction of Jerusalem. All right. So now I'm doing three through five. Uh, You can start with the, because, and he went in before my eyes, and then I guess now three. (laughs) And he went before my eyes. Now the cherubim, cherubim, we're standing on the south side of the house with the man went, or when the man went in and a cloud filled the inner court and the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub to the threshold of the house and the house was filled with the cloud and the court was filled with the brightness of the glory of the Lord and the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard as far as the outer court like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. You can keep going <clears throat> unless you have something specific. No, I don't. Okay. 
Um, and when he commanded the man clothed in linen, take fire from between the whirling wheels from between the cherubim, he went in and stood beside the wheel. And a cherub stretched out his hand from between the cherubim to the fire that was between the cherubim and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed in linen, who took it out and went out. The cherubim appeared to have the form of a human hand under their wings. So I found it interesting. Um, The uh, imagery that Ezekiel is using here is equating a lot of the cherubim looks uh, to common uh, ancient Near Eastern art Mm. for like spiritual beings. Um, I don't want to necessarily say like, like deities or whatever, but, um, my commentator said that like, you know, there's definitely like some likenesses that you would see, uh, in some of the, like, you know, art of the era, era, uh, and usually, uh, what they believe are, uh, represented as cherubim tend to be covered in like eyes and stuff like that. Um, they, the root of the word could potentially be from the Akkadian word. Really, Akkadian word that means to pray or to bless. Um, so I just find this all kind of interesting. That when somebody says cherub, the first thing I think of are this brand of little tomatoes that we buy called <laughs> cherubs. <laughs> it's because they're supposed to look like the little Valentine's Day cupids, <clears throat> but like these don't sound like that. Like. These suckers are, like, crazy. <laughs> they got fire. Yeah, and they're, like, manning the throne of God. And if you think about, like, what's typically surrounding, like, the throne of a king, it's not usually, like, your silliest looking. It's not like somebody put a bunch of little babies around the throne. It's usually, like, your honor guard. It's, mm-hmm. like, your best dressed in the uniform, <clears throat> best looking, you know. Like, when a dignitary visits like they don't come with like an army of goofy looking little babies. They also don't come with like the warriors dressed in their camo fatigues. They usually come in their best dressed, like honor guard. Mm -hmm. Um, they have like the sharp uniforms or like they have the medals or, you know, like whatever this is like, Hey, this is like what we've done and all that. So it's just kind of a different image than what, uh, the little, cherry tomatoes and the Valentine's Day cards would have you believe. Right. Well, I mean, I think, I feel like any time that, that someone brings up cherubim, you know, like they always bring up these cute little angels with wings type thing. Yeah, little tiny wings. But they were, I mean, from my understanding, they, well, it's what you said. They, they were there to guard the deities. Like right. whenever you see um, the image of a god being represented, it, represented, there was these something of powerful beings that would... Um, be standing next or in front or near the throne um, to let you know that this is a god or a deity that, that you are specifically talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I was reading in the comments... faces and all this. So. And when I was reading mm-hmm. in the commentaries, they were similar to the ancient Near Eastern um, imagery, but mm-hmm. they were still different. So oh, people yeah. Was, sorry, I was not trying to... No, no. So people would have known what's going on here, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they would have known that they were also very different from the standard ancient Near, ancient Near Eastern or Babylonian 
um, guards that, that would have been present in, in some of the other art that or sculptures mm. that they would have had at the time. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I just when you're painting that image in your head of the, I know it's kind of weird with the apocalyptic uh, view here. Just these aren't, yeah, they don't have little harps or little tiny bow and arrows with cute little heart arrows on them or whatever. Like, there's some serious. I think I said before I was getting the seraphim and the cherubim mm-hmm. confused. I think last episode I was yeah. talking about that. Um, yeah, <clears throat> seraphim basically means like one who glows like fire. Cherubim, they don't really know for sure. The closest they think is that like to pray or to bless. Right. Um, so that, you know, that indicates itself like kind of an interesting, you know, like what, so what does this prayer, like what do these angels do? Do they carry out the prayers and blessings of the people? I don't know. That's that. I mean, we think, oh, the blessings of the people, but like if they're also carrying out other prayers, <laughs> right? you know, or other uh, wishes from like what God has, like we're, we're seeing them like, you know, get the fire and dump the coal, you know, like right. it could be a pretty interesting job. Yeah. Interesting bunch of spiritual heavenly beings. Yeah. So why aren't they sitting on clouds and, you know. <laughs> so they're showing me the cartoons. You're right. Yep. Need more clouded babies. Right, right, absolutely. With although, if I got shot by a little arrow, I don't know if I'd fall in love. I think I'd be mad. <laughs> what? It it hurts, right? Stung, stung me. <laughs> it hurt. Um, we also learned that the wheels now are referred to as whirling wheels. Um, God's glory is very present, um, and the cherub is is following God's instructions. He grabs the fire. Um, we also have some other imagery in there that that shows um, imagery that is uh, similar to what we saw in Ezekiel one, um, and not to mention. Um, cloud a lot of times goes back to imagery that, that refers mm-hmm. to the presence of God. So that there's lots of imagery in there that, that reminds us that, that we are dealing with the glory or the presence of God um, in this specific vision that, that Ezekiel is, is currently in. I know it's apocalyptic, <clears throat> but part of me wonders if the uh, imagery is incomprehensible because we're humans mm-hmm. and it's incomprehensible. Right, So. right. All right, 9 through 22, or I've only got a couple more things, and it's somewhere yeah, 9 yeah. and 22. But if you get something and you would like me to stop, tell me to stop. Nope, I talked about my cherubim. <clears throat> that was the majority of what I had. So. Yeah, me too. Um, and I looked, and behold, there were four wheels beside the cherubim. So I guess as I read, if you want to think back to Ezekiel 1, um, just with some of the imagery that is there, again, we have very similar, some new gaps filled in, but for the most part, um, we're going to see something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, I don't think we're planning on going back and then talking about all of the same imagery we ch- talked about in chapter 1. So if you do want to go back and make those comparisons, then I highly encourage you to take a look at chapter 10, chapter 1, maybe even re-listen to that podcast or, or, or take a look at a commentary to, to help you remember kind of what's going on here. Um, but most of the commentaries I looked at had very little on 10 and referenced Ezekiel 1 a whole lot. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> uh, chapter 10, verse 9. And I looked and behold, there are four wheels beside the cherubim, um, one beside each cherub. And the appearance of the wheels was like sparkling burl. And as for their appearance, the four had the same likeness as if a wheel were within a wheel. When they went, they went in any of their four directions without turning as they went. But in whatever direction the front wheel faced, the others followed without turning as they went. And their whole body, their rims and their spokes, their wings and the wheels were full of eyes all around. 
the wheels that the four of them had, as for the wheels they were called in my hearing the whirling wheels. And every one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub, the second face was of a human face, and the third face of a lion, and the fourth face of an eagle. And the cherubim mounted <clears throat> up. Um, these were the living creatures that I saw by the Chabar Canal or Kabar Canal. And when the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the wheels did not turn from beside them. When they stood still, they, uh, these stood still. And when they mounted up, these mounted up with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in them. Then the glory of the Lord went out of the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth before my eyes as they went out and the wheels beside them. And they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. These were the living creatures that I saw underneath the God of Israel by the Kabar Canal. And I knew that they were cherubim. Each had four faces and each four wings, and underneath their wings the likeness of human hands. And as for the likeness of their faces, they were the same faces whose appearance I had seen by the Kabar Canal. Each one of them went straight forward. <clears throat> Uh-oh, too many pages. <laughs> I'm turning page. Oh, that was it anyway. Yeah. Oh, I could have told you. I was just, oh, okay. Sorry. Just watch me. That was fun. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Once again, just the yeah. more about nothing, nothing new, but it is a a very um like <clears throat> surreal and yet amazing scene. Like mm. whenever I envision stuff like this, I picture it more like anime. Yeah, because I feel like they could capture the like. It's like you, you could be watching. I don't watch a lot of anime, so I could be way out there. But you'd be watching something. It's like, oh, look, there's a planet, and so it explodes, and it's a giant robot, and mm-hmm. like you know, some giant warrior creature comes from, you know, a nearby star or something. Like it, it's not out of the realm in anime, right? <laughs> you know, so right. That's kind of whenever I picture a lot of this stuff. A lot of it is with an anime art bend because <laughs> <laughs> my brain can't can't get the hang of it. And and I imagine, yeah, I mean, he would probably would have been so taken back. I mean, even what he was, I mean, it brought him to his knees when he, when he was at the first one. Um, and I guess this is still, I guess this would still would be the same vision. So, I mean, it even blew him away and he was seeing it. <laughs> so someone that's just trying to get it from words, it's like, right. you know, still blown away by, by its imagery, but being able to see and experience it, man, I, I can't even imagine Right. Can't even imagine. Um, I guess, yeah, we know the presence of God is, is very there, or very real. Um, it does point to a divine presence. Um, the problem is the divine presence is going to be leaving the temple. Yes. And we will get to more of that in chapter 11. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And since um, we're only 26 minutes in and 12 of it was us trying to get past our laughing fit, right. we could start 11. Excellent. All right. So yeah. we'll start 11. Um, probably won't get through 12 today. Um, yeah, we won't get to 12 today. So we'll we'll just kind of stick there. All right. So how much of 11 should I read? Uh, you discuss that. You probably go up to four right before he starts to prophesy. Okay. And Ezekiel chapter 11. I think that was the fastest chapter we've ever done in any in any of our... Maybe outside of like a super short... Didn't Hosea and or Joel have 
a super Jose had a super short chapter. Did it? I just can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I can't either. We probably drew it out to like three yeah. episodes. Knowing All right. <laughs> so, um, judgment on a wicked counselors is what they've got mine labeled in the Bible, which is not in the Bible, but it's in the Bible, just not in the. Okay. Chapter 11, <laughs> verse 1 through 4. Yep, yes. The Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to. Nope, go ahead. Trying Sorry. to resist. <clears throat> the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the house of the Lord, which faces east. And behold, at the entrance of the gateway, there were 25 men, and I saw among them Jazaniah, the mm-hmm. son of Asher, and Pelatiah, the son of Benaniah, princes of the people. And he said to me, <clears throat> son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and who give wicked counsel in the city, who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron and we are the meat. Therefore prophesy against them. Prophesy, O son, or, o son of man. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Benny Hanna and his friends. Yeah, yeah. This is, is not going to look good for them. No, this is a different 25 <clears throat> men. Yes. This is most likely military leaders and uh, city officials getting together to, uh, you know, do what politicians do, and that is to fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, <laughs> you know, devise iniquity against the city to... Take know. advantage of the situation. Right. You just, yeah, had a, way to put it. you just had a bunch of leaders leave... Not on purpose. Um, they got exiled. And yeah. so now you've got a lot of new property. Um, you've got a lot of new positions that exist. And that is now yeah, in their minds, um, theirs for the taking. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole <clears throat> saying, I had to look into that, like, you know, the city is a cauldron and we are the oh, yeah. Um Apparently there was uh, certain types of cooking pots and... Uh, this is probably representing basically an ancient crock mm-hmm. uh, that would keep your meat safe from being overcooked while it was still able to cook all the other stuff around it. Um, so they're basically saying like, we're the meat inside of this pot. We'll be kept safe from the outside forces, like the the fires, the, you know, the stuff that's going on to others won't damage us. Right. It was a very, like, we are, it was a very nationalistic stance. Like our nation is going to be able to stand this, that we don't have to worry about anything. All the dangers out there, it's not in here. We're going to be, we're going to be safe from any harm. Right. And, and really basically giving false hope to all those that are still there. Um, you know, this isn't a time to worry. We're good. Um, God's got us. We'll, and yeah. Um, I also got where, let's see. So in that same scenario, so they were going to be like the choice meat, um, was kind of what these officials and leaders were saying. And then there was going to be, there was also the awful mm-hmm. being the O-F-F-A-L. Oh. Um, and they were, let's see. Um, so in the midst of these new leaders, the pot referred probably both to the former leaders um, who had been taken off into exile, um, who could profiteer from their absence, um, but also to the poor, ordinary people of the city and the countryside who are suffering violence and disposition because of the greedy land-grabbing tactics. So the awful were basically those that were sent into exile along with the poor people that were being misused by these rich politician-type people. Um, and what we're going to find out is just a minute that God's going to be like, well, you kind of don't got it figured out um, because kind of the opposite of what you think it is. Um, but these people think that they are the, 
how do I say this without cussing? They are the <laughs> the top dogs, main men in control. They've got power, prestige, um, and then you know the exiles. Eh, God's not really watching out for them. They're they're the awful. Those people that are in the hills, um, those okay. that we're taking advantage of, not that they said it that way, those are the awful, but we are the choice meat. <clears throat> I had a real hard time understanding verse three in my commentary. It did not make it any easier. Um, talking about who say that the time is not near to build houses. So um, I tried to read it. I was like, okay, so that sounds like a good thing. You know, like if you're under siege, maybe it's a good time not to be building a home and making a permanent resident. And then my commentary says, uh, these leaders are complacent and apathetic, believing there's no imminent danger. They declare that Jerusalem's inhabitants are secure inside of the walls. Um, where to go? Uh, here, I don't know if it's a slip of it. He says, they have planned evil, deceiving the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah by encouraging them to build homes at a time when the prophets are warning against the impending Babylonian destruction. So I that was, says the opposite. <clears throat> so I was struggling a little bit with that. And I think what he's they're ultimately <clears throat> trying to say is that um, they are, I, I think they're talking about the land. And, and again, I don't know if it happens here, if it happens later on. And I think it's right here where they are going to basically be taking the possessions and the positions of the awful or those that were exiled into the community. So they're saying don't build a house because you're about to get a free one? I think that's kind of what they're implying. I guess that kind of, I don't know, I just felt like the, because uh, I read it and I was like, oh, okay, so they're saying don't do that. And then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, My no, commentary is saying the opposite, that like, that was a bad thing. No, no, because I was struggling with that too. Um, and if I remember correctly... This was the spot where they were going to take advantage of those that had been exiled, and they are then going to inhabit the property and the possession positions of those that were just exiled. Huh. So they're taking advantage of a situation of their, I don't want to say co-workers, their fellow oh. Jerusalem residents, yeah, and providing nice. false hope to everyone else. And he said... Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. And I guess no, that's the no, best no. I'm gonna come up with. Like I said, I, just, I, I remember rereading that like several times. Like, what on earth is he saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, let me double check here. Do Those were good. They still regard Jerusalem as covenant guarantees as being impregnable as the Iron Pipe and just the enemy's attacks. I think that's the part because there is a, some part in there is was that they were taking advantage of that property, and I'm pretty sure that this is where it was right. that that was happening. And if not, then I don't know. But no, I did not get a ton on that either. And I looked at multiple different commentaries. I think I looked at at least three different ones, and nothing was overly clear about that. <laughs> and right. you, dear reader, are encouraged to try and study this. For yourself, yeah, I, and tell us what the heck you found. Yep, I mean that's where <laughs> that's, we're at. We're not pretending to be smart or anything like that. You can um, you can leave a comment at bakesh.podbean.com or email us at bakesh at outlook.com mm -hmm. and tell us what you think verse three is referring to. Yeah. We will send you a prize. Okay, we won't, but we could. Or you can leave us, if you would like, um, you can utilize words or a GIF to go ahead and communicate um, 
what you think verse three means. So anyway, let me go on to verse yeah, four. Yeah, you want to go on to verse. Um, well, you already read four, so you should probably start with I? five. Um, I know you you're confused because you also don't know how to. So um, with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, "Say, thus says the Lord." Or say, thus says the Lord, so you think, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city and have filled its streets in the slain. Therefore, thus says the Lord, your slain whom you have laid in the midst of it, they are the meat of this city. Your slain whom you have laid in the midst of it, they are the meat, and this city is the cauldron, but you shall be brought out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword, and I will bring the sword upon you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you out of the midst of it and give you into the hands of foreigners and execute judgments upon you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. The city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in the midst of it. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes, nor obeyed my rules, but have acted according to the rules of the nations and are that are around you. And it came to pass while I was prophesying that Pelatiah, the son of Benaniah, died. Then I fell down on my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, Ah, oh, Lord God, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? Ah, poor misguided Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the prophecy kind of basically says here the, the protected ones are the ones that they sought to slay. Mm-hmm. The ones that they they sought to kill are the ones that they have basically been like good riddance to. Um, but other than that, there is a lot of people that say this is a <clears throat> difficult prophecy. And there are some that even question if it was supposed to be included had it not been for uh, finding plenty of manuscripts that had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know that there was ever a discussion that, eh, maybe that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Especially, but, yeah. I heard that Ezekiel is pretty straightforward, where yeah. there's a lot of books that you might struggle with chronology or something like that, but Ezekiel is one of those that I that is fairly straightforward in its, its reading and its time and, and all of that, where they, they just kind of lay it out. Yeah, yeah. Some people just <clears> thought maybe <throat> it was like, you know, something was just like placed in there, maybe mm-hmm. it was out of order, so on and so forth, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely been found in plenty of manuscripts that it's not a question. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think scholars get too caught up in things that they don't need to. I agree. But I agree. That's <laughs> um, all I got to say about that. So really mm-hmm. it comes down to these guys were wrong. Yeah. And um, whenever Ezekiel um, says, thus says the Lord, um, we need to remember that it's Ezekiel that's not talking, but it is God that's talking. And they are very misguided because they are not the choice meat. Um, it is actually <laughs> the very ones that they said were the awful. Those are the ones that, that are actually the choice meat of Jerusalem. Um, and we also find out in Jeremiah that that it is... Um, oh, well, wait, actually, I think what I'm about to say might ruin and spoil it. So I'm not going to say what I was about to say. But What? We're not reading Jeremiah. No, no. But in Jeremiah, I was going to mention part of a prophecy that was oh. mentioned in Jeremiah about the remnant. And I gotcha. think that that actually fits in with the rest of it. So, um, uh, 
Ezekiel's a little bit upset because he said, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? What's interesting is, is some <clears throat> scholars point to the death of Peloton Benihana as confirmation that Ezekiel is a prophet. Oh, so okay. it's really? right Why? after his confirmation oh, okay. that he like falls down and is like, you know, will you make a full end? So he like he knows God's plan, but he's still worried about that remnant. Right. Um, it says that um, while prophesying, Pelatiah mm-hmm. uh, died, and the news of his death will confirm Ezekiel as a prophet. Um, however, the stunning event will cause Ezekiel to fear once again that God will destroy the entire remnant. Okay. So, and the first time God didn't really fully answer him because he asked this question at the end of. Nine, and Scrolling. God didn't fully answer because then the angel came back, or not the angel. The, the it wasn't nine. No, <laughs> it wasn't eight. Maybe it was nine. It's not. Well, hold on. It was right after the slaughter. Yeah, it's in nine, I think, but <clears throat> not at the end. Okay. So the uh, slaughter happens. He's like, "What about the remnant?" Oh yeah, oh Lord God, will you destroy the entire remnant of Israel and the outpouring of your wrath? That was a nine eight. Okay. And, so. you know, the, the linen destruction figure came back and said, well, I did it. He's yeah. like, oh, well, Ezekiel's like, okay, I guess that just happened. Well, and I wonder I wonder if Ezekiel's thinking like, oh, well, that's the end of it. And right. And this happens. And he's like, wait a minute. I thought we were done with this, like, killing thing. Yeah. You know? But again, in Jeremiah, though, I mean, I, I, again, I think actually I did mention this earlier. So in Jeremiah, it's actually the remnant is not going to be the group that's left in Jerusalem. According to Jeremiah, it's actually the exiles that are going to be right. the remnant. And I think I might hit something on that a little bit later. Oh, I think I might actually mention that in nine. Well, there's also, um, <laughs> yeah, the it's coming up. You'll read it in a minute, okay. in 11. So 11, 14 through 21? Yep. I almost okay. pulled my headphones off my head. All right. I'm all wrapped up in cords. Sorry. Oh. Wait, 14. 14, right? 11, 14, yeah. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, <laughs> the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, go far from the Lord to us. This land is given for a possession. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, Though I removed them far off among the nations, and though I scattered them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations. And I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God." But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. You can finish it out. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them, and the glory of God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in the vision of the Spirit of God into Chaldea, to the exiles. Then the vision and that I had 
scene went up for me, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. Okay, first of all, in the um, language here, that ch would be more of a guttural ch. So a chaldea, possibly, chaldea, if you don't anglicize it, chaldea, never. Okay. So that's not argument like gif and jif. Yeah, yeah. There is no chaldea. Okay, so no chaldea, (laughs) chaldea. Which is interesting because the root of cherub is actually, would have more of a K sound, so it would be more like a cherubim. Okay, so it'd be a cherubim more for the cherubim then. Yeah, most likely. I could look up the actual, but um, yeah, that would... They need what they have in like... cherub, that's the... Dictionary.com, where like, you know, you can push the little button and it goes carob. Well, it's a, um, it's the K with the upper E R U B, so it'd be a carub. Okay. Carub. Carub. Yeah. Interesting. I think you like a Bible that reads look. to you that does it properly, you know? Yeah, but it'd probably be like somebody who's like, oh, it's a cherubim, oh, the Che Bar Canal. <laughs> right, <laughs> but we need to have a good, you know, someone that does it right, correctly. Right, yeah. Like an actual scholar. Right. So then I could read it and be like, all right. Oh, a carob. A carob. Okay. Sorry. All right. Mm. Gif. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is what I was talking about where the remnant was going to be drawn together with one heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was going to be God's chosen people. Yeah. Not the little cauldron of meat boys over there. No, no. And that, oh, gosh. Just that, like, the audacity of somebody saying that, like, I imagine, like, every bad villain, we are completely safe here. Let them come and attack us <clears throat> in our cauldron with our meat. Or, you know, like, we are the yeah. meat. It's like, first of all, bro, that's like a bad example of what you are. Because you're still cooking, dude. But I <laughs> would... <clears throat> oh, maybe I, I shouldn't... Maybe I should think through what I'm going to say, but I don't always think through what I say. So here it goes. I would say that there are a lot of Christians in our culture that do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Look at, oh my gosh, that hurricane. Look at this disease, COVID. Look at this. I mean, look at what the sinful people, uh, what? Like we are, no, you're no one special. Like if you're a Christian, (laughs) dude, you're just as messed up as everyone else and just as guilty, if not more guilty, according to Ezekiel, because you know better. Um, So like, I feel like, these guys are are being reprimanded because they know better, right. and they're the ones that are, are abusing and taking advantage and, and have the and and yet these are supposed to be I guess right now the new leaders in Jerusalem or I don't know whoever they are, but it's it's like I feel like we as Christians sometimes we, we say well look at us, but we're a bunch of hypocrites who are saying we're the choice meat mm-hmm. and all of this disaster and things are happening because of all of your sin. But the reality of it is, is it's my sin too. Right. Like I am no one better or more special than anyone else. So like going back to, you know, the, this culture, we're like, Oh yeah. You know, we're, we're looking at them going, man, that, that takes a lot of guts <laughs> to go ahead and say, all right, we're the choice meat and you're the awful. But in all reality, we still do that. Um, right. maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my off the cuff thinking going, right. man, like, I, I think I'm stuck in that. Like I'm no one more special when Jesus died, man, he died. Cause I was messed up just well, as it, much as anybody else. Is it Timothy where Paul's like, oh yeah, you know, sinners of whom I'm the worst, but like somehow we think that we're better than Paul. Right. Like uh, dude wrote a third of the new Testament. Like he's kind of got a leg up on us. Mm-hmm. He's you kind know? of, and he, he's kind of a murderer. Like. Well, he's the one who opposed Peter to his face, 
but he was also like a sinner. Yeah. Who yeah. admits he's one of the worst. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so who so. do we think we are? <laughs> and that you could say that Paul admitted he was the worst because he knew better. Right. And yet he sinned anyway. Yeah. I mean, because God's people were supposed to know better. Like right. that's Peter. what that's what <laughs> makes us worse is is we know better. Right. You know, we're supposed to be, I mean, why is he so concerned about the remnant? Well, they're supposed to be the ones that are going to fulfill the mission of God. And well, what's going on? These guys who are supposed to be the example to the rest of the world are doing things that are just as bad, if not worse than everybody else. Like that's a problem. Right. Um, no wonder God is angry. However, this part though <laughs> is the part of hope. Because this is where we see that God is going to go ahead and bring us back into a relationship with him. With very Deuteronomic, Deuteronomic language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really. And it's a really beautiful picture of redemption, a really a beautiful picture of, of God and his people restoring a broken relationship and... It brings hope. Like his question is, what at the end of that is, oh Lord, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? And this time he fully answers the question with a picture of redemption. Yeah. Well, that that's 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 yeah, beautiful. It's like, I think it's neat that God acknowledges his fear mm-hmm. um, to show him the <clears throat> truth. And I think that's also something that we miss a lot as Christians is we we don't view the full truth. So we, as post-resurrection Christians, we have the benefit of seeing the full view of truth and the full plan laid out for us uh, through what Christ has done and through what his promises to come again. Um, You could argue that even pre-nativity Jews, I don't want to call them Christians because that wouldn't make sense. Um, chosen ones, <laughs> uh, people of God. Um, God's people, yeah. Yeah, God's people did not have necessarily that view. It's not until we get to the later parts of the uh, Old Testament where we start seeing like more messianic prophecies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not counting like the proto uh, evangelion in Genesis, um, which is the. Uh, Right after the fall, you guys can read that, chapter 2. Um, it is 2, right? Yes. Sure, yes. Huh. Got that COVID vaccine. It's really yeah. doing wonders over here. I don't um, have a COVID You vaccine. didn't. What's your no, excuse? <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we have the view of truth in the face of fear. Like, mm. we know that in the end, uh, Jesus wins, and we know that he's already won. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that view when we're facing scary stuff, we have that view when it's a pandemic, when it's a hurricane, when it's, you know, violence in our streets, when it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But for some reason we still don't choose to see that, but we have constant reminders of God saying, Hey, here's the finished product. Yeah. So just sit tight. (laughs) I'm not forgetting about the remnant. I'm giving more people a heart of flesh. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. removing more stone hearts. <laughs> and that's, a, it's one of, it is a beautiful picture. It's like taking the uh, 
cyborg part out and putting the human part in, you know, it's taking mm. that, uh, if you, who, who had a heart of stone, like Pharaoh, right? It's like taking the worst and making it the best. Mm-hmm. It's those hardened hearts and making them soft. It's true miracles happening, but I digress. Mm-hmm. I just, it is like you said, it's a, it's a very wonderful picture. Yep. And, and Yeah. And, and I guess if you think Deuteronomic, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, I Deuteronomy, might have that word up. Yeah. Um, it might exist, I just don't know. It's Deuteronomy, Deuteronomic. Um, he does talk about it, the circumcised heart. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess we see that that analogy even reused in, in Paul in the New Testament mm-hmm. as well, if I remember correctly. So um, at least Old Testament in the <laughs> 20s, I think, and 30s. Wait, what? The chapters of Deuteronomy, I can't remember. Oh, I'm trying oh, oh. to yeah, we're rethink trying to sound through. more scholarly than we yeah, are, yeah, mm-hmm. but we're not. <laughs> Wait, because you use the word Deuteronomic. 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 Yes. <laughs> All we, right, we are the best worst scholars you've ever. Absolutely. Um, although, unfortunately, um, as beautiful as that picture is, um, the last part of the chapter though is he is basically was he or God has left the temple and he's looking back. And he's paused for a moment, and we're just waiting to see what happens next. Yeah, he's getting uh, dropped off to take a look at the uh, exiles. Right? Yep. Um, he's right now. I think just standing. I think he's just chilling right at the mountain. Oh, you're right. Looking you're right. back Sorry. at the temple. Yeah. And he's kind of paused for a moment. Uh, went miss the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. Uh, so he's not in the city. Right. And the spirit lifted me up and brought me. So last he saw, so basically it's almost like a to be continued or, a, yeah. you know, you don't even get to see the ending. What, what movie did? Oh, so Sarah and I saw a movie this weekend and it was Alita. The, I don't know. But the movie totally leaves as a cliffhanger. Oh. And like you really wanted the, you know, you had an idea what was going to happen. You had an idea of what, how the movie was going to end. And they totally leave it cliffhanger for a whole nother movie. And it's like, ah. Oh. And it cuts off with the credits before you get to the finale. Oh, come on. And it's like, oh. And it was a good movie. But this is kind of what's going on is like Ezekiel sees God at the the base of the mountain, looking back at Jerusalem, and he gets whipped back right back to hanging out with his exile buddies, his elder friends, and he tells them everything he just saw. Yeah. So, to be continued, second movie. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. That's where we're leaving off with. Um, yes, there's going to be... Um, a reunification, but not yet. That's all I got. You have like a loud bird in your backyard. Yeah. But yeah, with that, um, we'll leave you guys hanging as well. All right. Good deal. We'll see you at chapter 12. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>